Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome. I am so honored to have on our show a groundbreaker, Dr. Crystal Heath, a veterinarian who is waging a crusade for voiceless pigs, pigs who are tortured to death. Let's just say that flat out. Uh, That's my opinion, uh, but it's also the opinion of a lot of other people who have seen a very shocking video. Uh, Essentially, Uh, Direct Action Everywhere is an animal rights group. They uh, got a tip from a whistleblower that uh, large numbers of pigs were being slowly roasted to death in a process called ventilation shutdown when the supply chain, the process got backed up during COVID when slaughterhouse workers were dying and getting COVID and getting sick from COVID. And there was an excess in the industry's opinion of pigs. And so uh, some pork producers in Iowa instituted this mass extermination of pigs called ventilation shutdown. It is now a major scandal. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Crystal Heath. Bring us up to date on, first of all, what is ventilation shutdown and why it has become this global global scandal. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for having me on and the opportunity to elevate this story. Um, It was a horror, one of the biggest animal welfare crises of recent years. And it wasn't just one farm that did this. This was a nationwide catastrophe. Up to 10 million pigs or more were killed via this method known as ventilation shutdown. Barns were sealed up steam, heat and steam was pumped in and the animals suffered for a prolonged period of time before dying of heat stroke. And my profession, the American Veterinary Medical Association has lended legitimacy to this practice. It is listed in their guidelines on depopulation as a method to be used in constrained circumstances. But this was not such a constrained circumstance. Um, they, They Pork producers could have uh, gotten rid of these pigs in a more humane way, but they chose to use this method, and it was just horrifying. I am also on the founding committee of an organization called Veterinarians Against Ventilation Shutdown. We have 1,500 veterinarians who have signed on asking the AVMA to reclassify this method as a not recommended form of depopulation. And this is not euthanasia. This is depopulation. These are healthy animals. And um, it is just astonishing the stonewalling we have gotten from the AVMA, despite all of our efforts to reach out in a professional manner, writing letters, trying to contact our delegates and leaders, they have refused to respond to us and refused to address this problem. And it just goes to show you how all of the systems that are in place to legitimize our horrific treatment of animals in our food system. And I think 
we need to start as veterinarians to raise awareness about these atrocities and envision a kinder food system working together so that we don't have to hurt animals. I think a future exists where we don't have to use animals to make our food and veterinarians should be leading the charge on that. Well, let me quote from the Washington Post. And by the way, we invite the AVMA on any time. We would love to dialogue with them. Uh, consider this an open invitation. So according to the Washington Post, um, there was a man, Matt Johnson, who is an undercover investigator for Direct Action Everywhere, who was charged uh, in the case that involved him um, getting this documentation of this thing called ventilation shutdown, getting video footage. Um, The charges came after Johnson and others acting on a tip. This is the Washington Post. The charges came after Johnson and others acting on a tip, secretly placed cameras inside Iowa Select Farms, hog confinements, and captured the company euthanizing hundreds of the animals using a method called ventilation shutdown, which involves stopping airflow inside a facility to raise the temperature high enough to kill the animals inside. American Veterinary Medical Association, the AVMA guidelines say the method should be used as a last resort after others are ruled out, that it should be done quickly enough to kill 95% of the animals within an hour, and that all must be eventually killed. But Johnson captured audio of pigs shrieking, some for hours, as the temperatures rose. The video also shows workers hours later walking through the pile of animals and shooting those showing signs of life with a bolt gun. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we have some callers lining up. Uh, Tell me you saw the video, the now infamous video. This has been a global news story. Uh, The charges have ultimately been dropped, my understanding, against Matt Johnson, correct? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the the prosecution, I've been following this trial closely. Matt Johnson is a neighbor of mine, um, and I volunteer with Direct Action Everywhere, too. But um, this... This video is horrifying. Um, the charges were just dropped, you know, after a year and a half because they finally um, realized, you know, they weren't going to be able to win this case. Oops, somebody's trying to call me. Sorry about that. Um, and the the prosecution dismissed the charges in the interest of justice. They said, um, which. Um, makes it so Matt does not have the opportunity to have his day in court or challenge the constitutionality of ag-gag laws or expose ISF's cruelty um, or set a precedent for the right to rescue, which he hoped to do. Um, you describe the video in your, your emotional reaction to the video and describe it as you see it. Um, it is, okay, you have pigs for the first part, like screaming as the temperature rises. I've listened to all, of, there's like 27 hours of audio coverage of this too. And so you can hear the pigs entering the barn and then you there are little snippets of video that they were able to get. They weren't able to get video of all 27 hours because that's just impossible to do. Um, and gradually you hear the pigs screaming more and more. And I talked to Dr. Temple Grandin about this. Why are the pigs screaming? Because she observed actually another case of ventilation shutdown that was done um, under the guise of 
veterinarians doing a case study on how to kill pigs using this method, where she said the pigs did not scream or vocalize as much. Um, she presumes that in this case, where Matt saw where Matt obtained footage, the pigs were actually being scalded with hot water um, because they didn't empty the hoses full of water. So that's maybe why the pigs were screaming. But whether they're screaming or not, just like a dog dying in a hot car, they're not necessarily going to scramble and use excess energy and scream while they're slowly dying. So that's not an indication. What was your emotional reaction to it? Um, It was absolute horror and disgust. And I was like, we have to do something as veterinarians. You know, this, this is an atrocity. This is horrifying. One of the worst things I've ever seen. I'm an animal shelter veterinarian and I've seen horrifying abuse cases, but this, this is goes beyond any, the worst thing I've ever seen. And the people who did it aren't even going to be charged with animal cruelty. So, uh, we have a statement here that I'd like to read. Um, this was a public statement from the representative of the company that did the ventilation shutdown. Quote, the defendant claimed he should be able to access private property in the name of investigative journalism, but the court denied that argument and protected the right of private agricultural facilities. Jen Sorensen, a spokeswoman for the company, said in an emailed statement, the defendant also argued the law is designed to discriminate against animal rights activists and treat them differently, but the court denied that argument too. The ruling indicates that the law on its face does not treat any type of trespasser differently. Before we go to the callers, what is your reaction to the company's statement? Um, there, it's it's very frustrating. They they tried to hide this from the public and. You know, when a whistleblower came forward, Lucas Walker um, tried to address his concerns with ISF, with the Department of Natural Resources, which is headed by a dairy lobbyist. He got nowhere. He was forced to reach out to direct action everywhere. And when our normal channels fail, private citizens have the right to to protect those who are innocent and protect those who are suffering. And that's exactly what Matt Johnson did. Um and Jen Sorensen, like in other quotes, it, basically she's implying that somebody is guilty before even having their day in court, which um, is, shouldn't be the case. And, you know, these companies are behind these unconstitutional ag guy laws. They support these ag guy laws. And they are the ones, you know, it's ironic. Are, these corporations are the ones setting the rules and using my profession to lend legitimacy to the further expansion of factory farming and these horribly cruel practices. And we can't just let them get away with this. Um, I want to go to the callers. So many people are truly horrified by this. And uh, we've got a caller on the line, Lindsay Baker from California, what is your question or thought? Well, first of all, my thought is how this, I'm, I'm turning over here. I'm walking in circles. I'm so furious. I can't even find the words to say how I feel about this. But the fact that veterinarians 
Veterinarians who are supposed to be healers, they're like doctors, they're doctors for animals, do no harm. How can they be involved in this? And one of the things that I'm going to do, because I really don't know what to do right now, other than to support this effort that you guys are doing, and thank you so much for doing this, but I'm going to talk to my veterinarian. I want to, I want to get some answers, and we all have, all of us that have pets. We say we're animal lovers. We have veterinarians. Let's get to the bottom of this. Why is this going on? Are they aware of it? What's the, what's their uh, position on this? I'm infuriated. That's all I can say. Yeah. Most Thank veterinarians you. who find out about this are horrified. There is a few in leadership and a few in the livestock industry who are defending this practice. And honestly, I I cannot like comprehend um, what is going on. I the only way I can like move forward in my life is to think that they're actually, we're so normalized to violence against animals, especially in our food system, that they truly believed that they were doing the only option that they had available. And I just went to um, the AVMA conference in Chicago, January 6th through 9th. And I went with a group of others to talk about ventilation shutdown and raise awareness about this. And veterinarians I approached were like, well, especially those in the industry and livestock industry were saying, what else were we supposed to do? They, they really, some felt like they had no other option to get rid of these excess pigs because they're growing in their, these pens. It was creating a welfare crisis because of these stocking densities. And they're, they're like, we really had no other option. Uh, and well, we would uh, argue against that, definitely. There's always another option. Yes. But the the big option is to stop mass producing these pigs. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Biden administration has just earmarked a billion dollars yeah. to create more slaughterhouses uh, and saying that this is going to give farmers and ranchers dignity. Uh it, it, it blows my mind. It blows yeah. my mind. And they claim they're doing it because there's only four companies or five companies or six companies that control the entire industry. Yes, that mm-hmm. is true, that it's gotten consolidated. But the answer isn't to try to increase the number of slaughterhouses. The answer is for reasons of climate change, for reasons of human health, to move away from animal agriculture and start giving some of the billions of dollars that go to the cattle industry, the dairy industry, the commodity food producers that produce crops that go to the 80 billion animals that are raised globally and killed every year, take some of that money and put it in plant-based food um, so that we can start encouraging uh, people to eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and legumes, reduce the obesity crisis, reduce the heart disease crisis, reduce the type 2 diabetes crisis, reduce um, the cancer crisis. Processed meat is officially cancer-causing. And Mm -hmm. the way people consume pigs is generally through processed meat, bacon, ham, deli slices. Mm -hmm. And we, um, we increased our slaughter line speeds so that decreases the agility and adaptive capacity if there is a supply chain disruption you know, we're used to having a high rate of pigs going through that system. 
And now if there's a disruption, it's going to create more of a welfare disaster. And the AVMA should be advocating for scaling down animal agriculture. And we went up to one of our delegates at the AVMA convention and brought that idea to mind. And they exclaimed, we will never advocate for a scaling down of animal agriculture. And I went to the president of the AVMA and I said, look, this is this is a horrifying thing. We need to build a more compassionate food system. Veterinarians need to lead the way. And I said, you know, 10% of our swine veterinarians considered suicide because of depopulation. Mental health should be considered a one health crisis. And he said, at least it wasn't 90% of veterinarians. And it's like, whoa, that lack of compassion is just shocking. And, you know, I'm going to reach out and continue to try to have a nice professional dialogue with them, but people are going to get angry. And I think this issue is coming to a head. We need to address it. The AVMA has 100,000 members, 100,000 compassionate veterinarians who entered this profession because they care about animals. If they all spoke to our legislators, our policymakers, our educational institution, and advocated for a more compassionate food system, we'd have a lot of power to change things. It is one of the key pillars that is holding up and propping up animal agriculture. I cannot independently confirm what you've said, obviously, and we invite AVMA on any time to respond or any of the individuals that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me say this. Uh, there's there is controversy within the veterinary world. Leave this association out of it. Just in general, in the veterinary world, and I've talked to people who are trying to become veterinarians, and they say that there's a lot of indoctrination into becoming part of the food system. In other words, you go in because you love animals. You end up prepping animals for being slaughtered. You end up being the person who's fisting a a, a cow and putting sperm in there to impregnate her. In fact, one of the most horrifying things I've ever heard in my life was that they were uh, allegedly um, doing a class with veterinary students artificially inseminating with their hands cows to practice right before the cows were slaughtered. And I thought, Mm -hmm. this is one of the most morally reprehensible things I've ever heard. And imagine the horror and the shame of those who went in to the industry to because they love animals. And now they are they too are being factory farmed. They are being put into a system where they have to exploit animals in order to continue on. Is that a mischaracterization? No, and it goes worse. It's worse than that. I did that in vet school. I artificially inseminated the cows right before they're going to be slaughtered. Um, And many vet schools actually have students um, perform surgeries on healthy animals that are then euthanized afterwards. And there's a lot of gatekeeping. They want to make sure that those who enter the profession are going to um, protect their interests, either in animal agriculture or animal experimentation. And so there's gatekeeping against animal rights activists and vegans from entering the profession and entering this educational system. I tell the story of my friend who wanted to get into the University of Missouri School of Veterinary Medicine. Yeah, and, she, and again, yeah. you know, look, I don't, have to. I, I don't know. 
I can't obviously independently confirm any kind of anecdotal stories. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep yeah, it on we the general we'll issue. Keep it. <laughs> yes. All right. We are going to take a short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. And uh, we've got some Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel you are listening to jane unchained to reach the show today call in to 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email in to jane unchained news at gmail.com now back to the show we are talking with Dr. Crystal Heath, a veterinarian based in Berkeley, California, who is on a crusade to end ventilation shutdown, a horrific process where huge numbers of pigs are slowly roasted to death uh, when we humans uh, overproduce them and there's a supply chain disruption. And this happened in 2020 during the COVID crisis because slaughterhouse workers were coming down with COVID in huge numbers. Slaughterhouses were uh, a widely reported COVID hotspot across the nation. And so there were too many pigs. It was backing up and uh, a plan was devised to kill them en masse And uh, this ventilation shutdown process then was used according to numerous published reports. Now, there have been editorials now condemning this in mainstream media. Where does it stand? Tell us about the trial for for a brief moment. Matt Johnson, Mm -hmm. who is an undercover investigator for DXC, Direct Action Everywhere, is the one who got this documentation Uh, thanks to a whistleblower named Lucas Walker, who was upset about this, who was 
a trucker, I believe, and who saw what was going on. And he contacted the mainstream authorities first. He contacted agencies and said, look, uh, this is going on and it's it's um, uh, really upsetting uh, and crickets, no response in Iowa. And so then he in desperation contacted direct action everywhere, direct action everywhere, did the undercover investigation. The video was produced. It created an uproar nationally, although the mainstream media, you know, they didn't show it. They didn't show it. Some some stories might have linked to it, but they don't show it because they say it's too disturbing. Okay, so if something horrible is happening, it's too disturbing to show. So we need to really talk about this as a culture. But Mm -hmm. the other part of the problem is that advertiser based mainstream media uh, is controlled by the advertisers. And who are the advertisers? The meat, dairy and pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, uh, and, and the pharmaceutical industry is like this with the meat and dairy industry, because you would need all, a lot of those pills if you were not eating all those products, the bad food. So um, that's just sort of an encapsulation in a nutshell. Um, you were there in Iowa when the charges were dropped. Tell us, give us a timeline and, and just tell us about what happened with Matt Johnson. Oh, you know, I. You're going to have Wayne on, um, Wayne Shung, who is Matt's lawyer, and he's going to be able to describe exactly the paperwork and going back and forth more than I would be able to. Um, but, you know, this has been leading up for, for a year and a half. We've been prepared, they've been preparing for this trial, and I've been following uh, along what's been going on. And, you know, they, <laughs> The prosecutor, you know, just out of the blue, we were all shocked that this happened. I was like, I read the text message and I was like, what? Um, And he just suddenly uh, filed to dismiss the charges in the interest of justice. And, you know, Matt didn't want it dropped um, because he wanted to stay in court. They actually, um, in response, uh, filed a a motion to, uh, I forget what it's called, resist so that um, they're like, no, you cannot drop the charges. We demand a day in court. And um, the judge is like, no, you, <laughs> we're not going to let you use this as a platform for your thing, um, which was unfortunate. Um, but I think Iowa Select. Or, well, let me, know, let me just oh, go oh, back. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying, let me go back to this. Listen to this. These are defendants. Matt Johnson is a defendant who resisted the idea of his charges being thrown out. So therefore, actually saying, I want to risk going to prison to get this information out to the public. Because um, apparently it happened around the time when there was consideration of what the media access is going to be to the trial, right? Mm -hmm. So I've covered trials. When a trial starts or before in pre-trial hearings, you determine, are there going to be cameras in the courtroom? Like, Mm -hmm. how can we cover this trial? So uh, it was reportedly around that time when, oh, we're not going to we're not going to have this trial after all. Um, Let me go to some callers. We've got a couple of callers on hold. Gene, your question or thought for Dr. Crystal Heath. Thanks. I'm wondering, Dr. Heath. Is there a group of doctors worldwide or local that are helping you out with your, you know, with these type of situations? Can't you all band together and make a difference? 
Yeah. I founded a 501c3 organization called Our Honor. You can check out our website at ourhonor.org and what we're working on. And we are um, working to get a group of veterinarians together who can comment on the AVMA's policy and can talk to legislators and set policy that will center the interests of animals instead of corporate profits. I think that is so, so important. We need to, unfortunately, the animal rights movement is does not have the legitimacy that it, that it deserves or the credibility that it deserves. And we need to add that credibility and legitimacy to this movement. And we as professionals who are experts in animals and their care and their behavior and their wants and their needs need to be the ones telling the public to have compassion for animals and bring some transparency into our food system so people know what they're participating in. And we need to work to with our legislators to create systems so that it's easier for people to make kinder choices and the choices so that they can match their morals with their behaviors. And we've got another caller, Joy. Your question or thought for Dr. Crystal Heath. Hi, Jane. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Um, I just wanted, first of all, to thank you both for being so brave and on the front lines for this. As a 10-year vegan, I just want to know how do we, what can we do to stay sane, to stay active, to stay hopeful that this enormous insanity is somehow going to be uh, solved someday? Like, what can we actively do to continue just as average people out here trying to care about this and trying to do something about this in our own ways? What are the most effective things that we can do? Please, please tell me. Let me say this, and I will quote Ingrid Newkirk, being sad doesn't help the animals. And I will quote Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible until it's done. We are making changes. The plant-based food revolution is, it's the biggest trend in food uh, that one former Whole Foods executive told me uh, he's ever seen in his life. So it's very hard to measure progress in real time. But I would say, for example, uh, Unchained TV is the new streaming network we just started. Download Unchained TV. Okay, go to unchainedtv.com and share out our stories and our recipes. We have thousands of printable recipes. We have thousands of videos uh, that we've already done. And now we have a streaming network. Um, Support our movement because Dr. Crystal Heath is fighting to do it. I'm fighting to do it. We're all using our different skills. I have a media background, so I'm using my media skills. She's a veterinarian. She uses her veterinary skills, but we all just keep doing. Talking to each other is not going to solve it, okay? Mm -hmm. We need to get the word out to other people. So if you're interested, we want to have you. We'll put you to work. We need people commenting on all of our posts on Facebook and on Instagram. We need people sharing out our videos. Um, I've shared this out. If you see me looking down, I've shared it out already to, uh, you know, 30 uh, different sites, groups. You can do that too. You can hit share. You can put it on your LinkedIn. Oh, we've got to get the word out. And so um, you can join our team as a contributor and go live at protests and vigils. There's a million things you can do. But the main thing is not to mope. That's not going to help. 
Um, just do the next indicated thing. Stay out of the results. The results are coming. I, I do really feel the results are coming. Um, and uh, thank you, Joy, for that question. Uh, really, we could use you. I would say, too, like get involved with your local activist group. I worked with Compassionate Bay to uh, encourage Berkeley to set a goal of 100% plant-based food purchases. You can do that. Get involved in your local activist group in your local community and ask your city council to set a resolution for a goal of 100% plant-based food purchases. I got involved with Direct Action Everywhere to help pass the California fur ban. And in 2019, when that was passed, it led to... uh, it led to companies around the world uh, stopping selling fur as the fifth largest economy was no longer going to allow sale of their products. And so that had a huge impact for the animals. So you can start these little things locally and then statewide. Join your local activist group to get involved and take those steps. Yes. Action, action, action. Thank you, Joy, for caring. We, we love you for caring. Tom, quick question or thought. So thanks for taking my call today. Uh, Chris, maybe you can confirm this for me. I've often heard Iowa's like number 49th in the states in water for just water pollution, due in part to mm-hmm. CAFOs and factory farming and so forth like this. Uh, my question really is, how are they constantly allowed to just violate EPA standards and just practices of humanity like this kind of slaughter? It's just my mind is dumb listening to this stuff, and it, it really makes you furious and just see how they're allowed to get away with this sort of thing. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Yeah, I don't know that fact, but, I mean, they, the industry sets the rules, and the industry regulates itself, and the industry has law enforcement on its side. Um, you, you can check out Matt Johnson's recent interview on breaking points on YouTube. It is fantastic. And it just goes to show how corrupt the system is. The law enforcement is meant to protect corporations, not individual people, and certainly not animals. Yeah. And and it turned out that the whistleblower in this case was reportedly encouraged by the FBI to become an informant. Mm-hmm. and inform, infiltrate DXC, and then inform back to the FBI. And according to published reports that I've read, uh, he was even sort of, well, FBI. would you be willing to sell drugs? Do you think you could get them to buy drugs? I mean, my jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. This is our tax dollars. Yeah. This is our tax dollars going through this? It is. Um, it's beyond yeah. comprehension. Um, it, but it, let me ask you a couple of questions. What's the possibility? California, which, as you mentioned, is the fifth largest economy in the world, just pa- let me start that again. California, the fifth largest economy in the world, has just seen Prop 12 being implemented. Mm-hmm. Okay, Prop 12 is a proposition that says certain animal welfare standards must be met for products, meat products to be sold in California, but it applies to any products. This is why a lot of uh, animal producers in Iowa and other states and their legislators are pushing and saying they're running these scare campaigns. Oh, it's going to raise the price of meat. They fought it in court. They've lost. Is it possible to use Prop 12 to say that any company that uses ventilation shutdown is ineligible to sell its meat 
in California. This could be an interesting legal challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, that's certainly interesting. Um, different states can can say like, hey, we don't want to um, sell food from farms that do ventilation shutdown. Um, you know, I wonder how much ventilation shutdown will happen again. We do have African swine fever and avian influenza coming, but it was shocking. You know, veterinary profession was not supportive of Prop 12. And it's like, all we're asking for is one square foot of space for chickens, 24 square foot of space for pigs, so that they can turn around and exhibit their natural behaviors. The industry fought back against Prop 12 hard and in courts as well, saying, you know, we won't have access to affordable bacon. And it's like, if if we can't give our animals enough space to turn around and exhibit their natural behaviors and poop in one place and eat in another, that's going to break the system, they say. You know, should this system continue to exist? It just really highlights the absurdity of them insisting that they care about animal welfare, but then like fighting so hard against one square foot of space and 24 square foot of space for pigs. Like it, it sounds is. like what you're saying is that the veterinary industry has been sort of co-opted by animal exploiters. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but is that a fair characterization? Are you saying that the veterinary industry has been co-opted by animal exploiters, much as the uh, meat, dairy, big pharma has infiltrated government? They have their thumb on the scale. And the USDA is run by a former dairy industry trade group leader. Uh, they're in charge. Yeah, I mean, the local veterinary medical associations didn't support the fur ban. They don't support like the farm transition bill that we were trying to pass previously. I urge them to support uh, plant-based food purchases for schools, plant-based meal for schools. They're, they're not supportive of any of those. Um, and I think that the AVMA and different veterinary medical associations should take a leadership role in this. I do know that um, the animal ag industry gives a ton of money to veterinary schools and animal science programs. And that leads, that affects science too, because now science is being centered. We're centering the interests of the corporations over the interests of the animals. They fund a lot of research into animal welfare. They have animal welfare people on their boards, but what turns out to be animal welfare seems to be what is truly benefiting the industry and getting animals to grow more meat and produce more milk. And, it's Orwellian. Yeah. It's Orwellian. Exactly. When you use the word welfare and you're involved in literally the mass torture of animals while purporting to care about animal welfare standards, it's very disturbing. And it, this is this is the hallmark of uh, just moral bankruptcy. When you can say essentially that some suffering doesn't count. At the end of the day, all of this boils down to if you did this to a dog, you would be absolutely arrested and charged with animal cruelty. Would you not? Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the point a lot of veterinarians try to make. And it's like I'm a shelter veterinarian and I work 
in such a way that, you know, if there's an animal hoarding crisis, with its do- whether it's dogs or cats, you know, that's something animal control officers can go into. When a mile down the road, there's a giant factory farm with chickens dying or a factory farm using ventilation shutdown, animal control officers don't have jurisdiction over that. Um, we can't charge those people with animal cruelty or go in and save those animals. Nobody can. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy world we live in. What ultimately gives the industry power is the consumer dollar. Mm -hmm. If any of this disturbs you, if you're buying those products, you are funding these activities. Ultimately, since all money corporations have derives from consumers, essentially, maybe big investors, but consumers, it has to be a profitable company and ultimately to survive any company. If the company is doing a ventilation shutdown, the consumers are the ones who are paying for it. So it's a consumer issue at the end of the day. Absolutely. Consumers need to say, if consumers are upset about this, the moral response is, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy pork. I'm not going to buy ham. I'm not going to buy bacon. Yeah. And, you know, the pork industry, I I was reading one article they put out. They're like, pork needs to build a toothbrush. Google's a toothbrush. Uh, Facebook's a toothbrush. We need to build a toothbrush, something people do every day as an eat pork, Uh, not something they do on rare occasion. So they are instilling these habits. They're working to create highly accessible, delicious, addictive food for people. So I don't fault people who are addicted to these products, but we need to create systems where people can make good choices. And an example of this would be like the fuel efficiency standards in cars. It's like we couldn't um, rely on consumers to make good choices in their um, purchasing of different vehicles. So we had to uh, develop fuel efficiency standards so that corporations would um, put out into the market vehicles that would help save our planet um, and allow those consumers to make those right choices. And I think that's kind of the strategy that we should be looking at in scaling down animal agriculture and helping people make those good choices, setting up these systems to allow people to to choose healthy foods instead of foods that abuse animals. Uh, yes, absolutely. If we can get the cooperation of the government, but it's a catch 22 because the government has been co-opted by the industry. Mm -hmm. This is the problem. And, you know, as I see it, we're heading toward an apocalypse. Mm -hmm. We are in a crisis and animal agriculture is a leading. Some have made the argument that it is the leading, but nobody disputes that it is a leading cause of climate change. And so here we are in a climate crisis where uh, the administration has said, we're going to combat the climate crisis, but the one thing they can't look at is a major cause. So the United Nations way back in 2006 said animal agriculture is responsible for more greenhouse gas emissions than all transportation combined. You can Google it. It is a report called Livestock's Long Shadow that is available online for anybody to read. Mm -hmm. And so... The government, while regulating vehicles, is pushing meat on the American public, pushing meat on school children, pushing meat on prisoners, pushing meat on people and institutions. 
They are propping up the industry with tens of billions of dollars in subsidies through the farm bill. So we can't rely on the government to solve this crisis. Indeed, the government has created the crisis. The government is accelerating climate change by supporting the meat and dairy industry. And yet, because the government has been co-opted by the meat and dairy industry, they won't acknowledge that. But here's where the rubber meets the road. In short order, as climate change accelerates, and this is not me saying this, this is an intergovernmental panel uh, for climate change reviewer, an IPCC reviewer, who said, when the temperatures hit a certain point, we will experience massive crop failure across the board. Temperatures have to be temperate for certain foods, large swaths of the country to grow the crops. Okay? We're going to experience massive food shortages. And guess who's eating most of the food? Factory farmed animals. Mm-hmm. We're 8 billion humans, but we're raising and killing 80 billion farmed animals every year. So, they're eating a lot of the food. I actually predict that the way animal agriculture is going to end is when we have to choose. Do we want to feed 80 billion animals or would we like to eat? We can't do both because it is the most inefficient food system. Mm -hmm. It takes anywhere you can argue several to 25 pounds of grain, depending on to create one pound of meat. So it's, Not higher math to understand that it's an inefficient food source. It creates artificial scarcity. We could all be eating all the food we need in the world and then some if we eliminated animal agriculture. So that day is coming. That day is coming where we are going to have to choose. Do we want to feed animals or do we want to feed ourselves? Uh, We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. We'll be back in one second. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America in Influencers channel. Influencers lead, but on Twitter, they also follow. Check out what the influencers are saying and talk back to us with your great ideas. Follow the Voice America Influencers channel on Twitter at VA Influencers. That's at VA Influencers and join in. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get 
guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are here with Dr. Crystal Heath, who is a veterinarian on a crusade to end horrifically cruel practices like ventilation shutdown where uh, huge numbers of pigs are exterminated in a slow, agonizing death, trying to get uh, veterinarian groups to say, this is unacceptable, never, this, that we need a ban on this. Tell us about your organization, Dr. Heath. Yeah, our honor, um, I founded it after I faced a lot of backlash from the industry who uh, sent out emails. Um, Glenn Greenwald did a a great story about it. Um, Memes were made about me saying, beware, I'm a dangerous animal rights activist affiliated with terrorist organizations and really discrediting uh, my reputation. And to this day, I still feel the effects of it. But after Glenn Greenwald um, elevated this story and had me on his show and I got a lot of media attention, veterinarians started reaching out to me saying they felt the same thing and they wanted to make change, but were scared of what the industry would do to them. So we founded our honor and our mission statement is that we use empathy and compassion to encourage corporations, education and government to work for the best interests of others, no matter their species, to create a better world for all. And really, it starts with um, one person being able to speak up in your vet school class, say, you know what, what you're saying isn't right. Um, We are not going to be normalized to violence against animals. We are here to support vegans and animal rights activists who want to get into vet school. We are here to compassionately address the AVMA and and or encourage them to adopt more animal-centered policies. Um, we comment on their different policies. We speak to um, thought leaders in different areas and really um, counter some of the negative um, things that are being said about vegans or animal rights activists or animal rights ideology. There's so much fear in the veterinary profession about animal rights activists and what it might mean if someday animals get rights. And we need to counter some of those beliefs with logic and compassion. And it takes a whole lot of persistence to do this. Um, And that's what we need to do. There's a lack of persistent, thoughtful, professional communication about the interests of animals directed at the veterinary profession. Um, addressing the issues that concern veterinarians about animal rights. And I hope our honor can be that group that kind of lends legitimacy to these ideas and credibility to the animal rights movement. Um, And we need to make these professionals feel safe in taking an animal rights position to know there are excellent arguments for this position. And uh, there is a community that will support them in making these arguments. We need to address all issues the profession is discussing from a perspective of working for the best interests of animals and centering the animal's perspective. And we need to point out when um, there's 
there's uh, instances when the veterinary profession is centering corporate interests over the animals. So that's what we hope to do. We accept all people to join us. It's not just veterinarians, it's all animal professionals. And we need anybody who's willing to write, make graphics for us, share on social media, get involved, uh, reach out ourhonor.org, um, connect with us via the website. We'll get you plugged in and just start talking to us uh, and know that you're not alone. There's other compassionate voices out there who want to make change. Extraordinary. That is an amazing concept. I personally believe, because I have talked to people who are in veterinary school who want to become veterinarians. In fact, almost every kid goes through a phase where they, they want to be a vet. And it's because they love animals and yet the system grinds them up and Mm -hmm. sends them in a certain direction. I think you can reach critical mass at a certain point where so many people who have just pushed that idea down actually come out and say, I'm an animal lover, not just a pet lover. Yeah. I love pets, but I'm an animal lover, all animals. Uh, Now, we know, for example, for some people, the word vegan is very frightening. For Mm -hmm. others, animal rights is very frightening. That's Mm -hmm. why vegans came up with or the industry came up with plant-based, which Mm -hmm. is far more uh, palatable for a lot of Americans. Is there an alternative to animal rights vet that you can design that allows them to feel safe to come in? Yeah, it's an interesting thought. Um, You know, I've been struggling with this too, uh, the exact word to use. Um, And people can join us who aren't plant-based, who aren't, you know, don't consider themselves an animal rights activist. I kind of wanted to normalize the phrases animal rights and vegan in the veterinary profession. And it, and it just, it's a way for people to, they're like, if, if you are a vegan, like it's a way to, um, when you write a post, say like, hey, are you a pre-veterinary student who is a vegan? It's a way for people to like say, oh yeah, that's me. I'm going to join this group. But we also really want people of different sides who aren't quite there yet, who don't understand. We want to create an open space for people to come and talk. And even if you don't identify with those words, like, and if you're interested in these ideas, um, even if you're completely opposite, I talk to people who are in the animal ag industry regularly. So, so So I understand their perspective on a really deep level. And I think um, having them talk with somebody who identifies as a vegan or animal rights activist, and they're not being screamed at, you know, they're not being shamed, um, I think has a lot of power to kind of change the conversation. So that's why I've kind of come around to using these words, but I also want to do it in an open and welcoming way, not an exclusionary way, not a way that shames anybody, if that makes sense. Wow. Well, I think your crusade, your mission is absolutely extraordinary. Uh, It's been so eye-opening to interview you and tell everybody once again, we've got 30 seconds, how they can get involved. Go to ourhonor.org, click get involved, read our stories. On the front page are stories from a variety of different veterinarians about how they confronted systems of violence and what they faced. 
there's a, our blog too, um, it talks about uh, a veterinary student who got an F for refusing to do a surgery on an animal that would then be euthanized afterwards. Um, and that terminal surgery is a big issue that we hope to address along with our food system. And, um, and yeah, join us. We need help. Uh, you will be responded to if you reach out to us. So please do. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Crystal Heath, who is on a mission to end a horrific practice called ventilation shutdown. Obviously, she can't do it alone. She needs your help. And the first thing you can do is not buy the products. Uh, the animals who are being exterminated in this cruel way, in this case, are pigs. Uh, I don't know if it could be applied to other species. Yeah, chickens as well were killed this way, too. Oh, chickens were killed as well. All yeah. right. Well, there you go. <sighs> You've got your action points. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.